Kia ora. Welcome to the Coronavirus Podcast. My name's William. I'm one of the producers of the show. Um, today, my best mate's dad is going through some life-saving surgery, and that surgery is only possible because New Zealand's kept COVID-19 under control. So big thanks to all of you out there who've stayed home and made this possible for them. Kia ora. Welcome to the Coronavirus Podcast. I'm Indira Stewart. As businesses prepare to reopen under Level 3 next week, we've talked to marketing expert John Miles about the best way to draw in customers. But first, the headlines. Yesterday saw confirmation that two more New Zealanders have died from COVID-19. The Director-General of Health, Ashley Bloomfield, says the first was a woman in her 70s. This woman was one of six residents from St Margaret's Hospital and Rest Home in Te Atatū in Auckland, uh, who has been transferred to Waitakere Hospital on April 17. The woman, who had an underlying health condition, died yesterday. The second death happened overseas. Here's Education Minister Chris Hipkins, who was standing in for the Prime Minister at yesterday's press conference. My understanding is that yes, a New Zealander has passed away in Peru. Um, I, I also understand that um, uh, that family was being actively supported by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade um, and uh, that they've asked for some privacy. And so I can't really divulge any further details on that. The good news is that only five new cases of COVID-19 were announced yesterday, all of which are linked to an existing case or cluster. In fact, there are only a handful of cases where we still don't know the cause or link of infection. There are only four cases left where we're not sure exactly the route of transmission, but even then it's, it's reasonably clear in two of them where the infection was got, and it actually uh, was, was first got, and it, it predated actually um, the, the lockdown. The government is still rolling out random community testing across the country to make extra sure the virus isn't still spreading under the radar. In particular, that's happening in Tairawhiti, uh, in Taranaki and in Northland. And I know in Tairawhiti, and you can see this on their website, uh, during this week there are mobile clinics around Gisborne from Monday to Friday. And starting today, one of some mobile testing moving its way up the east coast to test those more rural communities. However, overall numbers of tests have dropped over the last week or so. Dr Bloomfield says that's because the Level 4 lockdown hasn't just affected COVID-19, it's also drastically reduced the spread of other respiratory illnesses like colds and flu. That's a very good reason for why our testing has dropped, because there simply is not, uh, pe- are not people out there who have got respiratory symptoms. However, I'm still pleased to see that we're processing over 3,000 tests a day. Chris Hipkins also gave some more detail on what will happen with education when we move to Level 4. Remember, we heard on Monday that schools will reopen, but only for kids in Year 10 and under, whose caregivers need to go to work. Mr Hipkins says that, where possible, children should be kept at home. At-risk students and staff including those who are over the age of 70, should also stay home and they will be supported to do so. Residential and special schools will not reopen in the early stages of Alert Level 3 for children to physically attend. They may reopen later during Alert Level 3 if public health measures can be managed and we are working through that at the moment. 
In the meantime, teachers and staff will continue to support these students whilst they remain at home. Things like the intensive wraparound service and AUS specialists continue to work with those students whilst they are at home. School is staying closed for older children, and the Minister had some words of encouragement for those who were looking towards NCEA exams. So I guess my first message to them is make sure they're preserving their mental health, make sure they're, they're preserving their well-being in this very difficult time. Don't let themselves get totally strung out about it. Guidance has been supplied to schools about the sorts of evidence that they should be looking to get, you know, to gather so that in the event that a student cannot do an exam at the end of the year, that that derived grade process that we would normally rely on can still take place. Um, of course, we're moving to an online assessment environment with NZQI and we're speeding that up now as a result of this so that we can get more online assessment taking place and NZQI is leaning very heavily into that. But again, I do want to reiterate um, that many students will now, now spread their NCEA um, levels over several years. So if you're doing level one this year and you don't quite finish it because of the lockdown, you'll be able to finish that next year as you do as you start to do your level two. And schools are working very, very hard to be able to sort of slide things around to accommodate that for students. And Mr Hipkins says they aren't necessarily expecting that the lockdown will hurt student achievement. If you look at the Christchurch earthquake scenario where schools were closed for quite some time and kids did lose quite a block of learning, that didn't flow through into lower NCEA pass rates at the end of that year. In fact, um, if anything, those pass rates were slightly better on average than they would normally have been. Meanwhile, the Auditor-General has agreed to carry out a four-week investigation into the supply and distribution of personal protective equipment to health workers. The head of the New Zealand Nurses Union, Kiri Nuku, spoke to RNZ's Rachel Thomas. Every time that we've raised issues where there's been shortages within workplaces, we've seen an immediate response from the district household to go and fix the problems, and that's been fantastic. But uh, it's not OK that we have to either go to media or raise these problems before the attention is addressed. Once we start to increase the bubbles, the likelihood of um, transmission may increase. Uh, so that's where PPE becomes really critical and making sure that we've got that steady supply of stock as we need it. Over at the opposition-led Epidemic Response Committee, MPs had a chance to grill ministers on the move down to Level 3. The Minister of Small Business, Stuart Nash, said he expected up to 500,000 employees would be able to go back to work under Level 3. But he sidestepped questions from national leader Simon Bridges about the impact of longer lockdown restrictions. How many businesses will effectively go out of business because of the longer period in lockdown and then the additional uh, time, that is two weeks at least, and close to lockdown at level three. What I can tell you is that taking that extra seven days to actually get it right... No, that's not what I asked you. No, it will possibly save... We'll do a lot more to save our economy. And, Mr Chair, I, I, I would like to reiterate that for this government, it's not an either-or. It's not health or the economy. By working together and actually getting the health response right, it's actually better for the economy. Uh, so you may well argue, Mr Chair, well, I would, put forward a, I would put forward an argument, Mr Chair, that by ensuring we get this right, we can actually end up saving businesses because the last thing we want to do is to head back into level force. National MP Todd McClay also quizzed Mr Nash on why most businesses had to go to online orders and delivery only 
while supermarkets and dairies could keep bringing customers into their stores. Why is it possible for somebody in my hometown of Rotorua to walk into a dairy one in and one out to buy a packet of cigarettes, but they can't walk into a flower shop, one in, one out, that is doing exactly the same amount of safety work and could trade today. Because in two weeks or three weeks from now, on behalf of every single small business that I've spoken to, that flower shop won't exist anymore. Because, Mr McClay, people walking into that dairy often don't have access to a supermarket, uh, and they're not just... But that's not true at all, Minister. There are seven supermarkets in Rotorua and there are dairies everywhere. The question is not about the access to essential services, because you said you want to move. You said it's about safety. So my question is, why is it safe to go to a supermarket, not to Bunnings? Why is it safe for 300 primary school kids to go to a primary school, but their mums and dads can't one in, one out into a small business in Rotorua that will take this responsibility of safety that you're talking about seriously? What I can talk about, Mr McClay, is the, is the florist uh, you allude to. They can absolutely take orders online, and if they can come up with a system where their customers uh, go to a, go to a they can't do have their flowers delivered or they pick up, then they well, will be able to Stuart Nash also faced questions from National MP Jerry Brown-Lee in his role as Police Minister about unofficial checkpoints which have been set up around the country. I've got an anecdotal case of a 70-year-old man being pulled up by a gang member uh, and telling him to go home because he can't go down the road to get a bottle of milk. Uh, is that appropriate? That, that, is, that is certainly not appropriate, I would say, but I don't know, excuse me, I don't know the circumstances. What I would I say is that certainly in the areas up the coast, there are some really isolated communities where there is one road in and one road out. They're isolated not only from, you know, from large urban areas, but also from uh, healthcare facilities. Where these checkpoints can operate with the blessing of police, of the local community, of the local council and key stakeholders, and I'm quite comfortable for them to happen. Where, however, they are set up by ratbags and renegades without the support of the local community or police, then police will, will take this very seriously. But it's really a horses for courses, Mr Brownlee. But you know, when, when people are trying to block main arterial routes, that's not on. With businesses preparing to reopen under Level 3, many are spending this week restocking and setting up the infrastructure for online selling and delivering. But with all the uncertainty around New Zealand's economy, the restrictions to businesses and keeping safe in the COVID-19 crisis, consumer habits are changing. We asked the CEO of Marketing New Zealand, John Miles, to give us some tips on connecting with customers in the middle of a pandemic. He says it all comes back to the four Ps. Which is your product, your price, your placement and promotion. The smart companies will be focusing on the first three. That's product, what can we sell, what can we adapt to sell, what price am I going to be selling it at and how are we going to distribute those particular products. Pricing's a big one at the moment because consumers are going to be saying, hey, does that really represent good value for me? Now, I'm yeah. going to add a, another P in there. What about presence? I mean, during this time, and, and many businesses will still be quite restricted at level three, should businesses be thinking about how they can maintain some kind of a presence to ensure that they stay afloat? You know, previous recessions have shown that those companies 
who haven't cut their marketing budgets and have actually increased their share of voice during this uh, time have done exceptionally well post-recession. In terms of the smaller companies, then yes, it's definite they should be going through and letting their customers know they exist. Hairdressers should be in contact with all of their customers and pre-booking them. So as soon as it comes to level two, they've got a flood of customers. Why not pre-sell them? Why not for cash flow say to the customer, hey, it normally costs you $80 to do a haircut, pre-book now and it will be $50. I believe the average New Zealander wants to support their local companies and ensure they survive. In talking about some small businesses, there were businesses before the um, lockdown and before this pandemic happened that would have been considered quite niche before, but during this time they've had some advantages for their business and they're doing really well. Yes. Do you think those businesses deemed to be essential through a time of crisis like we're facing now, are they likely to maintain a strong position in the marketplace and be seen as more reliable in the longer term? If they've performed well during this time and um, met what they've promised, then yes, I think they will do okay once they come out at the other end. The big thing for them is once this crisis is over, what's their relevance post-crisis? You know, how can they use this as a launching pad for them to actually increase their business in other areas and use the credibility that they've gained in this period to actually go forward in the future? You know, unashamedly using the goodwill that they've created to actually build their business upon. As the CEO of the Marketing Association of New Zealand, I suppose you've also had to do some major rethinking during this time. How has this pandemic <laughs> uh, shifted the goalposts for you? Only uh, 100%. A lot of our, <laughs> um, our business in the past has been face-to-face. -face. We run big conferences. We run a lot of learning and development programs comes back to what do we own and what can we offer. All our business was stripped completely from us. We were about to run a smarter data conference three days before the lockdown, so we lost all of that revenue. I had a look at it and said, well, what do we actually own that people might be interested in that we could possibly sell? So the thing that we own is we have a pretty good reputation amongst the marketing uh, community. We're very well connected, both with marketers, CMOs. So I had this idea about some lunchtime learning online. So I thought, why not go to the, one of the most well-known marketers in the world, Mark Ritson? He loved the idea. And out of that came the work from home um, marketing boot camp. That we recognised that most companies were going to cut their L&D budgets. It's always one of the first things to go. And we launched the whole program with a free seminar around marketing in the COVID-19 environment. It's helped us deliver our largest ever event in the history of the MA. What's happening in terms of global approaches and conversations oh. within the international world of marketing especially <laughs> as this pandemic has been a major disruption and we're going to see a lot of long-term change. One of the things that's really interesting with New Zealand, we're sort of like a micronism of the whole world. We've got such interesting demographics 
in New Zealand, that New Zealand is a fantastic test market for international companies. What's been happening here is what's been happening overseas. Large organisations are parking their uh, big campaigns because they're just not relevant in this environment. They might have had large brand launches. Those have all been put on hold. And this is the sort of thing that's happening internationally. And they're really looking at it and saying, OK, how do we actually look after our customers better? There was a great um, comment that one of the large banks said to me uh, for an article I'm writing in Marketing Magazine. He said the real key to it is that we're focusing the team around a common objective and focusing on things that matter. And this is actually what every single organisation, whether it's in New Zealand or internationally, if they're going to be successful, they have to focus, they've got to give their team a common goal and they've got to focus on what, what matters. In the bank's case, a lot of what mattered to them is getting good communication to their customers so the customers know what programmes are available to help them through these tough times. John, are there any marketing traps that you think businesses should avoid right now? I think for the companies that are doing really well is not to have too much overconfidence because things will change. I mean, obviously, there's always that temptation to price gouge in the short term. That's obviously a massive trap. One of the things that's really, I think, that people need to do Marketing is core to a business being successful. Those four Ps are absolutely fundamental to anyone's business. So the big trap is is to be sort of overwhelmed with the situation and getting, say, so busy on the minute things and not thinking about what they can do to make things different. I know myself some of the time you just feel a bit overwhelmed with everything. But then you've got to take a step back and say, you know, we've got a lot more time to think. So use that time to think, how are we going to do things better? And how can we maintain relevance to our customers? One of my big concerns is the SMEs surviving, which is small, medium enterprise, of course. And I think the key to the SMEs is the tourism industry. How can we mobilise New Zealand marketing and New Zealand agencies to help boost domestic tourism over the next year. Because if we boost domestic tourism, in an extreme example, get all the North Islanders to the South Island and all the South Islanders to the North Island, that will actually stimulate local growth, which will help SMEs survive. But again, fundamental to that is understanding what we can sell and how can we create exceptional value so people go, it's a no-brainer, I'm going to go and do that. And I'm hoping we'll see some absolutely wonderful innovation that come out of the time of when people having this time to to think about things. That was John Miles, CEO of Marketing New Zealand. That's all from us this episode. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Kia homaru, kia kaha, ka kite koe a popo. The Coronavirus Podcast is presented by me and Dara Stewart. It's produced by William Ray, Jesse Chang and Sonia Slime. And our sound engineer is Adrian Holley. The executive producer is Tim Watkin. You can subscribe to the Coronavirus Podcast anywhere and it's free. Just go to the podcast and series page at rnz.co.nz. 
And remember, you can send in your own greeting for the show through RNZ's Vox Pop app. Thank you.